0: All right. Uh, welcome back to Talking Motorcycles. I am Mitch.
1: And I am Gleb. And you can find me on Instagram at Gleb Labham.
0: I am Me the Beach on Instagram. And we also have our uh, podcast Instagram, TDT Motorcycles. And you can also email us
1: uh, at TDT Motorcycles at gmail.com. Any questions, comments, concerns, fun ride stories, new bikes, any anything else anything you want yeah send us send us an email tell us tell us what you think um yeah we have that and if you're shopping for some new new motorcycle gear we do have a revzilla affiliate link down below in the description below <laughs> doesn't cost you anything but it does give us a little bit a little bit of a kickback so we can yeah support good. and grow this podcast with uh and if you're already shopping for gear then then you should, you should totally use the link because it helps us out.
0: And thank you to those who have used our link already to help us out. We're going to be get some stuff rolling this year and
1: yeah. 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 Thank you so much. And if you don't plan to buy anything and still want to support our podcast, we do have a buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TDT motorcycles, where you can you know, just, just give us, give us some money for coffee, but really it's for podcast equipment yeah. and all the other <laughs> services we use. So yeah, we need,
0: we need caffeine for content.
1: We do need caffeine for to make good content. <laughs> <laughs> but today we have a fun. What I think is hopefully is going to be a fun topic, yeah, and that so. is uh, we're going to be talking about the car, the the car rally. So for those of you that are probably like, I mean, this is a motorcycle podcast, but it's not only a motorcycle based rally. Yeah. There are uh, cars and trucks and side by sides and four by fours involved. However, we're trying to keep it more motorcycle focused yeah. and uh for those of you that have been following it today was actually the last day that it was uh it was going yep. so it ended earlier today and the american um crap what was his name
0: uh Ricky uh bar brabeck
1: Ricky brabeck he took first on on a Honda he was mm-hmm. riding a Honda he took first in motorcycles and he was Also, the first American to win the car back in 2020, correct? That's correct. And which
0: also ended a streak that KTM had for a long time. But we'll get to that. That was in (laughs) 2020, right? Yep.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So congratulations to... Well, him and all the winners for all the... um... I mean, to really all the competitors, because that looks like an absolutely grueling race. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited to talk about this topic, because I got really into... When
0: I, I watched a video on it earlier today too, and I because I tried to get the guy's name down, so I'm really sorry. I'm probably gonna just demolish the pronunciation of the Uh Harith Noah Koitha Vitil. Uh He was he was first place in the Rally Two section for motorcycles. Okay. So he cool. was on a Sherco 450, which I I'm wondering if that's just like a custom. It probably is yeah. one of the so, like specific. Rally- and I think if I if I remember. <laughs> I think he is actually the first Indian to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's so, what
1: they say. So that is so. Congratulations yeah. to them
0: because we're talking about motorcycles; those are the motorcycle winners. So yeah, congrats to everyone but, who participated and lived. And
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, just watching like the highlights and stuff for the past couple of weeks of of that race, it just it's seems wild. like <laughs> such a wild but also really incredible experience mm-hmm. to be riding through uh, the <laughs> desert. Uh, but before we jump into main topic we're going to talk about a little bit of news because there was some uh, some new bikes announced, and this is kind of like the time of the year where a lot
0: of manufacturers yeah. <laughs> start to announce new bikes. So, yeah, and we had, we had mentioned it on our last episode. Uh, it was just that it was like was it the following Tuesday that it yeah it was they like announced two days everything? after we recorded. Yeah. We're talking, of course, about the Triumph Daytona Six Hundred and Sixty. Um, you know, kind of a famous name, the Daytona coming back in a smaller package. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, but you are looking at the same kind of uh, vibe to it. It is a sport sp- sport bike style, um, but it's going to have some more like road comfort features to it, so it's not just like an all aggressive sport bike like the Day- like the Daytona uh, six seven five. Yeah, like the so, older ones. Yeah, and I
1: I saw some um, was like in, reading through some of the YouTube comments and some Reddit comments and stuff like that on the announcement. There was a bit of a disappointment that it wasn't like a true like what yeah. people consider like a true successor to the original daytona like the the 675 yeah um but i th- I still think it's nice that there's going to be an option for kind of like a lower end
0: uh, well yeah bike i think it's triumph. like you know you want that style of bike it's kind of like having like a honda 500 like yeah. the cb i don't know what the honda, yeah one, the one of the br for what yeah. 500 you know it's <laughs> like you want that style you like that that aesthetic and everything to it um you know so it's not going to be like this it's not going to be a, seven, a six, seven, yeah. five. It's, it's not like a high performance <laughs> bike, no, but, but it's but
1: performance it, enough that you probably still have some fun on mm-hmm.
0: it. Yeah. And just from reading on it. So here's what we have everything for you. So the red line on this bike is at uh, 12,650 RPM um, yeah, from for sport bikes of this size. I guess that's pretty yeah. normal from there. Uh, but you are since a six sixty cc engine with a ninety three point six peak horsepower at eleven hundred and sixty five thousand rpm. That's very high in the rev range. Yeah, very high. <laughs> um, you know, and we're now looking into fi- uh, what was it F- uh, fifty point nine foot pounds of torque available in the range of like the thirty one twenty five or three thousand one hundred twenty five all the way to eleven seven hundred and sixty. So you're going to get some power out of it all along the rev range yeah. for its size and everything. Um, on top of that, you're getting a dual disc, uh, front brakes, ABS and traction control, three riding modes, sport road rain, uh, show a suspension.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah. Especially for like a lower priced bike. I was mm-hmm. really surprised to see that. The one drawback though is it's not fully, ad- it's not adjustable suspension. No. It is just set uh, yeah. and it's uh, just the way it is from the
0: factory. Yeah. And uh, again, I could be wrong. But I think the Trident has Shoa on the front. I don't know. I don't know if it does or not. Yeah, I don't know for sure. Um, maybe not. <laughs> but anyway, so it's 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 falling into that category. Same engine yeah. as the Trident. Um, I believe it's probably tuned different to be able oh, to get definitely. these kind of specs.
1: Yeah, from there. Same engine as the Trident, but also as the Tiger Sport. Yeah, uh, uh, six s- six sixty. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, and on top of all that, here's the here's what's really nice. It's under ten thousand dollars, brand new. It's only 443 pounds, wet, and a 10,000-mile service interval.
1: The 10,000-mile service interval is really nice, especially mm-hmm. on like a lower-priced bike. I'm yeah. a little surprised at the weight. I, th- I kind of thought it would be a little bit lighter, Yeah, but it's actually a little bit heavier than the Trident itself, and I think it's due to the, the, the fairings. additional fairings and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, to me, for some reason, it sounds a little heavy for like a sports bike, mm-hmm. but also since it's not like a really like high performance they're not supposed to be like a super a, expensive yeah. one i think it's um, a bike
0: you can go out and have fun with a lot like those like honda 500 yeah or like the ninja 650s yeah and, you know i agree i think was it the r7 that's in the same category it is yeah yep yeah it
1: is and but i, I do think it's cool though is that um just kind of like because we, we both rode the Trident before, mm-hmm. and that's a pretty peppy little like. It was fun. Little peppy yeah. little engine and stuff. It was so. a little small
0: for me, like yeah, same. My, I, I did same. feel very cramped on it. Yeah, um, but again, like I'm two hundred something pounds, six foot. Yeah, um, same. You know, um, so it so it's it's a smaller bike, but I think it'd be a good first bike. Oh, 100 you know? percent. Or if
1: you just want like a second bike, just kind of like just a, whip around. Yeah. Maybe even take it to a track. I mean, you could yeah. it's cheaper than you know buying like a fully spec out track bike. <laughs> Like you're not gonna be the fastest on the track, but you can probably learn a lot. Just you can probably from... really
0: just ring it out. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like so. and if it's a cheaper bike, if you drop it or it's crash, not, it, it's yeah. not. It doesn't hurt as bad to <laughs> quite as bad to replace yeah. it or
0: fix it up. Um, but one thing I do like about this one, because even though it's like you know people have said that it's like oh it's not a Daytona, you know, yeah, it's like um, sure it's not. Um, but also, if you look at it the way they've kind of put this thing together like it has that sport theme to it yeah but with like the 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 grips are posted a little higher so it's going to be more comfortable um so i i just think it's um it's a daily rider
1: it does look like it would be a pretty good daily rider yeah and i did like the looks of it i think it looks pretty like it looks good nice and aggressive and stuff like that kind of what i would expect from a uh Sports bike, yeah. Uh, um, what I
0: like with it too, it's like even though, like the Tiger S- Sport 660, the, the baby Tiger, yeah. It's not like my favorite style, but you can see like it's related to the yeah, the, the, the yeah, two bikes are related, yep, you know,
1: which is kind of nice how bikes. they're kind of keeping that consistency going. This
0: little 660 family, yeah.
1: <laughs> I just, I. I I'd like to ride it. I'd mm-hmm. like to see it in person and stuff. Oh, we're I really try hope it. it doesn't have any like fake carbon fiber and stuff like that. Yeah, like we saw from uh, other brands from the photos. I couldn't CF. notice anything. So. <laughs> yeah, it did look. But. It did look like a pretty solid bike. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me ask you this: hmm. Do you think Triumph is ever going to make a
0: Daytona 1200? Speculating, I, I don't know. I mean, because the street triples are very popular. Very popular, but like the.
1: Oh, well, the street triple is the naked, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, street triple. Right. Yeah, yeah six, no, you're right. I'm six, six, sorry, my, yeah, my yeah. brain just went out. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> my brain just like, took a nosedive into the
0: <laughs> I mean, especially because like, last year they put out the new street triples. So it's yeah. like they, they've got the engine. They've got the frame. Yeah. It's just a matter of fairings and uh, riding position. Yeah. Um, maybe talking, tune it differently. I don't, I are don't you know. Are you talking about the street can... triple? Street triple. Is that right? Because
1: I mean? that one's not the 1200. The speed triple is the 1200. Oh, street triple. Yeah, so, Did so, yeah. I say speed? You said street, but yeah, street. Oh, I was wondering if you think they'll ever make a Daytona 1200. Oh, not the seven. Was it seven sixty five? You know what? Just
0: balls to the wall. I'll go for it. I think they. <laughs> I think they
1: should, even if it's like a limited run, because like. If they have something to compute like the Panigale, the yeah. Panigale from Ducati, or the uh, BMW, is it the RX 1000 or the R- RS? R- or, or RS 1000. Yeah, yeah. One of their sports bikes, yeah. fully fared <laughs> sports bikes. Uh, that one of the our Cali, buddies has, or the Cowie H2. <laughs> yeah, like all of those, like high performance, yeah. uh, fully fared sports bikes.
0: Um, I mean, they, they they definitely could. I was talking more for like the the average rider. You know, yeah, those street triples are pretty fast. Like, no oh yeah, I, I'm not a fast boy. <laughs> i like mean, riding the street triple i had a blast on yeah um things plenty fast for me um and i could see them just yeah just making like a a street oriented daytona new street edition yeah so i was i thought you were talking about the street so. <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm just
1: curious to see if they'll ever make like a super high powered like limited edition limited honestly run.
0: i think the best way to if we could like even have like an idea <laughs> of talking about it like we have to like look at like the sales of like the, that 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 displacement size of bike and like yeah the, that's true and other brands who make the sport bikes in that yeah. range and I mean, see, like, are they selling enough for triumph to like branch into that because the, the street triple I, is doing really well on its own yeah
1: i'm so. uh i mean if i had the space and the cash to get a the older daytona the oh, I would 675 love one. absolutely i'm not a fast would boy but i want 100% one. <laughs> get one because they just look awesome yeah then uh you also had some stuff about oh, yeah. the Husqvarna which mm-hmm. came out with a Swartpilen and the new Vitpilen. Yep. Uh motorcycles it's and Husqvarna is also one of the manufacturers that is competing or just competed in the Dakar Rally.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, uh these ones are their, their smaller bikes, the 401s, the Swartpilen and Vitpilen. Uh they they have a new single cylinder engine. Um the specs didn't really I couldn't find like specs that I could break down into our in- inferior way of measurements <laughs> Here um, That or I was just too lazy to do conversion um, so, so I didn't get the full specs for it But they are claiming a larger displacement At a lighter weight They that have good. something on, on these ones Called the easy shift So they have like a sensor So the bike detects like when there's movement On your gear shifter And it will like temporarily limit the power During the shift For like oh. a, a smooth shift Interesting So nice little like Ease of life thing, or if you're new, if you're yeah, okay, it could help you from scaring yourself, I guess. So, uh, street and rain mode, LED lighting, uh, connectivity. I don't know if the connectivity mod is included in it, or if it's just an option for aftermarket or afterwards, but they do have connection options like Bluetooth and everything, always nice and controls on the handlebars from there. Uh, new five inch TFT and a 10,000 kilometer service, <laughs> so.
1: so about 6,000 miles. Yep. Um, for service which is the same as my
0: bike yep <laughs> well and they have um and they also have their I, i'm not familiar with the brand but the bibri brakes um they're not it's not dual I think disc it's a, i think
1: uh bybri might be um if, i don't know if i'm 100 percent correct on this but it might be one of brembo's like offshoots kind okay. of like brembo's like budget brembos almost mm, okay. like i think it's a brand that is either owned by Brembo or I could be thinking of something completely different. Gotcha. But I'm, I'm like
0: 90% sure. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So it has those brakes uh, with, uh, corner sensitive ABS and, uh, traction control. So you're looking pretty good for those. And if um,
1: I remember right, these are kind of like the Huskies kind of lower priced. Yeah. yeah they're, street they're like bikes old, and stuff yeah. like that, which uh, well, I think they, um, I
0: mean, I personally think
1: they kind of like a, cool little unique look to them on well, uh, the
0: the svart pillin it has like more of like a scrambler uh, uh, look to it okay it, like it comes with like uh, spoke wheels and like uh okay. rougher looking tires yeah um so I, I think i think their words on their website was like the urban explorer hmm. so like, i guess you could do like a little fire road or something here and there. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> um, but the, the vit pillin has the cast wheels and, st- and street oriented tires uh what was different from the uh, the Vitpillon from this Fartpillon is uh, they have a they, they have a new frame for the Vitpillon. Very nice. So okay. it's, uh, I, I was... think that that's adding into some like weight reduction as well, and they've also changed up the ergonomics from the Vitpillon.
1: Awesome. So. I always thought they kind of looked like pretty decent uh, like starter mm-hmm. bikes and stuff like that. Yeah. Especially if you want something like um, kind of like more unique look look to your bikes and stuff. I always kind of. Yeah, like me me
0: personally, what I like about the Husqvarnas Husk versus um, KTM, even though they're they're the same, yeah, same. In- <laughs> I like the styling of absolutely Husqvarna a little bit better. Yeah, um, KTM as as loud.
1: KTM always to me seemed like very loud. I think that's a good way to describe it. Like a little bit over design. Like too many, yeah. it's a little too many it's, sharp it, angles and stuff for yeah. me. Yeah,
0: which makes sense what they're going for. Like with KTM, they want yeah. aggressive. Yeah, you know, and, they and they definitely so it pull It makes off sense the for that. But like with the with the Huskies, it's more subdued and yeah. Um, and that's what's, I want to say stylish because it's not. It is stylish, but that's not the word I'm looking for. It's just like sleek, sleek. Yeah, okay. Sleek, yeah, that would be a good. It's one. It's kind of. It's,
1: it's, I feel the same way of like with the like the KTM. They're like 890 adventure oh yeah bikes compared to uh like the husky Husqvarna norton mm, yeah um like norton same engine similar engine between the two a little bit different ergonomics and stuff like that but um i always prefer the the looks of the norton compared to the ktm kind of just yeah. looks more personal preference yeah stuff, it's yeah. totally perfect so. personal preference if you like ktms from what i've heard i haven't ridden one but so i think we should try to they, ride oh 100 percent but they uh, they make some really solid bikes mm-hmm. like their bikes perform very very well.
0: I do want to try one of their dukes.
1: I would love to try one of their dukes. I wouldn't even mind trying one of their adventure no, bikes I want to cuz you always hear like if you want to primarily ride off-road on a big adventure bike, KTM mm-hmm. is the is the way to go. Yeah. If you're primarily off-road. On-road probably BMW yeah. GS. <laughs> yes. A little more of a cafe princess. Yep. So.
0: <laughs> uh but anyway, should we jump into our main topic? Yeah, the thing that just kinda of wraps up the news from our last episode and what we kind of picked up on this week. So we'll we'll see how Perfect. The, we'll see how the rest of the year starts out. Yeah. See what else is coming up. <laughs> so
1: let's I wanted to start off with kind of just talking about the current race that just ended. Okay. So the car rally, it took place in Saudi Arabia this year and it ended in it started in um
0: what was the town on that I one? thought
1: I, I thought I wrote this down somewhere. <laughs> was it Yoruba? No, no, that's a country.
0: It was, um, I think it starts with a Y.
1: Hold on, let me. I we'll, don't want
0: to butcher any more names. No, we'll,
1: we'll cut this part. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, while you're looking for that up, it was in Saudi Arabia, which we said it was over 12 days with like, I think it was at or over 8,000 kilometers overall. Yeah, it's, and it was like uh, f- was it like five thousand something that were actually part of like the competition uh, mileage.
1: So it started in Alula, okay, Alula, however you say, it. and then it ended in Yanbu, and that was uh, that's that oh, was the that route was, that
0: was the name. I was thinking of the end, the end name.
1: City. Oh yeah, so it started in um, Alula and then ended in Yanbu. So basically, across the entire country of Saudi Arabia, kind of started off over on the western side. They rode down towards like the southern part okay. and then back up um, to so the eastern was, side of Saudi Arabia.
0: Okay, so then this was like a point-to-point race. It didn't do like a full it, loop.
1: No, it wasn't yeah. a loop. It was a two point-to-point race and spanning, like you said, 12 days over uh, 8,000 kilometers. That's about close to 5,000 miles mm-hmm. across the grueling Saudi Arabian desert. And I've been watching the highlights of it throughout the, throughout the past couple of weeks. And I've hit most of them. There's a couple of days that I missed, but... It just looks absolutely like like an insane experience just because there's yeah. so much happening, there's so much going on and in today's episode, I do want to talk about like how it's set up before. Uh, do you want to talk about that first, or jump into the history?
0: Um, I'll let you talk about that because I, I was going to say like I, I don't know about anybody else listening, but like I, I've never been like big on like races or racing really. Mm-hmm. It's only until we started like looking into this kind of stuff like with MotoGP, yeah, and now at Dakar, um, it was it, it was interesting to learn. There's a lot to learn. Yeah, there's <laughs> so, a lot know, to learn, um,
1: especially like trying to crab it in a little bit.
0: <laughs> well, that and then like even just figuring out how they they rank things because so I was looking at like at their at their stats or anything like, oh, well, this person says first, but, but down here overall, they're like fifth or sixth. And it's like, yeah. oh, these are the, how they performed yeah. in the stages. Yep. And then-
1: and what's cool. So let me break down kind of, let me educate. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to break down about basically how it's set up. So the race is separated into different stages and each stage is basically a day long. And within that stage, they have what's called the specials and the specials is the actual like timed portion of the race. So that's where the competitors will score a certain time; they'll score a certain amount of points, and that determines their uh, placement, basically where you know where they finish the race. And whatever you finish, uh, whatever time you finish in the previous special, in the next special, you start it, it determines your starting position in the next special. Yeah. So twelve days, twelve specials, Man. and each special. What's kind of interesting is so they start out in a uh, BOVAC, which is just like their camp. Yeah. And they have to drive from the camp to the starting position of the special. And they, they during that time, they actually have to, like, most of the time they'll take, um, like, just paved roads and things like that, or paved off roads, but they actually have to, like, they can't break, like, traffic laws and stuff. They can't speed. They can get penalized if they do that. Yeah. Uh, if they, if they speed or break a lot of the, like, local traffic laws and things like that. But once they get to the special, that's when like the actual more or less race portion of the of the event starts. Yeah. Which is um like pretty pretty interesting just hearing about it, like reading about it. Uh motorcycles, they head out first at sunrise, and they start off at the uh at the start point. And the special has various checkpoints that they have to go through. They have to make the certain time, and those checkpoints they have like uh tents set up, so they're like water, food, you know various little support things for those that need it yeah um but primarily it's just like one for safety because it is out in the desert it's, uh, i don't know how hot it is there right now but i'm assuming it's a lot warmer than here yeah <laughs> maybe a little and, bit Who knows? you know <laughs> desert like water food shade like cooling off and stuff a lot of things are a lot of those things are very important to have
0: yeah
1: and uh but they'll go through each of those checkpoints and then they at each checkpoint they also have the race official they stamp a log book to show like yeah this person made it through here or this team made it through here and then they continue on then at the end of the day after they finish the timed uh time spe- special they have to head to the next buy uh buy which um they stay for the night and then they continue on next the next morning mm-hmm. and once again to get to that spot they still have to obey the traffic laws and they have to get there by a certain time. So you can't just kind of like take as long as you need. If you are too slow, you can get you can't get disqualified can, or yeah. penalized. Yeah. Um and this particular race, and I mentioned this in the last episode, they had what's called a they had a marathon stage. And it's basically during this stage, what they did was it was forty eight hours and at four PM on the first day, so it was over two days, at four PM on the first day, what a they did is you had to stop at the next buyback and set up camp like you and you couldn't have any support so like your team couldn't help you out they couldn't send out a support vehicle for you um uh, all the maintenance had to be done by the drivers mm. or by the riders themselves yeah uh the only exception is that you could uh, the riders or the drivers could assist other people um uh, or other drivers and stuff but they couldn't have any outside of assistance from like um they're like support team and things like that yeah um obviously aside for like medical medical reasons and things like that yeah um so yeah that's uh, that's kind of like the anatomy of the race and um uh, and you know for each of the time sections there are you can uh you can get penalized depending on what you do if you miss waypoints if you have faulty like uh if your safety equipment on your a vehicle is not up to code or and uh or if something on the vehicle doesn't comply hmm. you can get penalized for that and also like breaking the highway code on like public on like public and paved roads and stuff you can't actually get that makes sense. Uh, get penalized actually, yeah yeah, like, yeah you <laughs> time penalized for that so to kind of keep it keep it um keep keep people in line and also the car um uh, i guess i should have said this at first if for those of you that are unfamiliar with the race it is a rally raid type race and it's basically a cross country race that spans like just a huge distance and lasts for anywhere from like ten to fifteen yeah ten to fifteen days.
0: Yeah, no it's 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 an event. Like it's <laughs> it's very much an event. Yeah. And just like if you guys like ever watch some of the stuff that they that goes through with it or that take the writing that they have to do. Like, it's over some treacherous terrain. And, like, it is just-
1: very treacherous terrain. And, you know, a lot of clips, and, like, before doing this much research, I knew of the car, and I know kind of, like, what they yeah, did. Yeah, same. And way. I was just picture, like, you know, them carving over dunes and stuff like that. But there's, like, this clip that I saw earlier on Instagram, <laughs> and it was, like, just the driving, trying to get this bike up over these, like, the loosest rocks. Yeah. And, uh, I don't remember which motorcycle uh Team it was, or who the rider was, but they could, they were really struggling to get up this hill. And right behind them was uh an Audi car. Maybe mm-hmm. it was an Audi. It was one of the car like competitors. And one of the drivers actually, or the co-pilot, got out and helped the guy like oh, yeah, push the bike one. up I, yeah. because <laughs> the guy had experience riding motorcycles in the car as well. So he just like helped it like helped the guy like ride it up. And I was just like, that is, I don't know, it's just cool, but also it shows just like how grueling that terrain can be yeah for so many of the,
0: uh, the sections of the, of the race. Well, that, and like, if it's the same clip I'm thinking of, like the road was like kind of narrow too. So it's like yeah they helping could, that motorcyclist get moving would help their time. Yeah, too.
1: exactly. And that's um, why they did it. There was like no way they could really get around the motorcycle. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they just had to, they were just like, screw it. We're just going to we're gonna push them up the hill, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was just kind of cool to see. It shows a little bit of like sportsmanship, but also it's kind of just like one of those things like, okay, bro, you got to get moving because we're getting held we, back yeah, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. This hurts us as much as it hurts you. <laughs> um, and then uh, what I, was, I I always thought was interesting, and this kind of goes back to, I think it was a couple of years ago where uh, Itchy Boots, she participated in the rally and I was watching her. YouTube yeah, channel. She was in, in the Baja, a- yeah, the Baja Rally down right. in uh, in Mexico, and she was using like the road book to to navigate. And at first she had an electronic one, and then she had to switched to a paper one. But in the car they just used the paper ones, mm-hmm. and I just think it was I, I was really curious to see how that thing works. And it basically it's just like this long roll of paper that they put in this little like scrolly machine thing. Yeah, and it has basically the directions on where to go at which kilometer and like it shows off like the different hazards and things like that and so right above the the road book is like their like distance uh over here it was their um trip master so it shows like their their miles for that leg of the race Mm. and then the idea is that you kind of cross-reference the two together because like at a certain like you look at the road book and you're seeing like a left turn coming out basically. Mm. So left turn at kilometer, like 25. So at kilometer 25, you're supposed to go like left, follow that direction. and you scroll it further and like the next, and it goes so on and on. And, uh but there's no, other than that though, there's no like, there's no track. There's no like road markers you have for know you know to, how to follow. Read the map and- you have to know how to f- read, not just the map, you have to read the road book while also hauling ass at like, you know, it's 50 insane. 50 miles an hour down the desert trying to not miss your <laughs> checkpoint. Because if yeah. you miss, or sorry, if you miss the waypoint, then you get, you, you can't get penalized for it. And uh, the road book, it's handed out at the beginning of each stage by the officials. So, competitors have no idea what that stage is going to mm-hmm. look like.
0: So, they're on the fly. Yeah. yeah. So, they
1: have to be reading it and following it on the fly, making sure they huh. don't miss, like, waypoints or anything like that. Yeah. So, just the the amount of stuff, like, not just, like, being able to ride or drive at those speeds on those kinds of, like, on that kind of terrain, but also being able to, like, you know keep an eye out on the map or mm-hmm. on the road book to make sure you're going in the right direction you gotta count your distance to yeah. everything and especially for like motorcycles and i think quads as well is you don't have a co-pilot right you don't you're, have someone else on your own. telling you the directions or where to go you have to be riding <laughs> and looking at that at the same time it's, yeah and to me that's just like it's just wild because it's <laughs> it's just so much to keep track of
0: it's yeah and for those who do off road like we we kind of do I wouldn't yeah, say we're very we good it, at it but off road <laughs> light yeah we do off road light Yep you know you have to be able to like look at the road in your terrain and like figure out the best way through these guys are doing it super fast and fit. reading the map Yep for us it's easy. We follow we follow the, the trail that we're on. Yeah. The road. Easy. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> and our trails usually
1: involve like a little fire road, maybe some gravel here and there. Yeah. And sand, a rut yeah. that we get scared of. Yeah. So we turn around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And these guys are crawling up rocks <laughs> or carving dunes at like forty five miles an hour or faster, like yeah. while also trying to follow some
0: <laughs> very basic arrows on a yeah on a little scrolly <laughs> notebook essentially see we just need to get good enough so that somebody else will pay for the bikes that we can wreck so that's true <laughs> and they do that's wreck. True. they, they do. do wreck there, there has been there a were, lot there were some injuries this so, year early yeah. on too uh so the
1: 2024 the car rally it had um right here uh so the 2024 the car rally it had 480 v 418 vehicles competing Mm -hmm. and out of those 418 vehicles 232 were motorcycles Mm. they were from eight different manufacturers uh there was ktm husqvarna gas gas honda shirko hero yamaha and kobe um and Mm. all of them were competing and yeah 132 motorcycles and not all of the motorcycles made it do you know how
0: many finished
1: i did not check okay now yeah. that i think about it that would have been a really i only good asked because
0: there was in, in some of the years that i got some notes down here for like there was like more than half oh yeah, yeah yeah
1: there was a few years uh, same thing there was like they'll be starting out with like 100 plus motorcycles and maybe like 40 would make it to the finish line yeah. in one piece yeah and stuff breaks
0: down so not only do you have to be fast a good be a good fast rider know how to read a map um, you gotta be and, like i feel like you need you'd to be a mechanic on, yeah. on the fly
1: you gotta be mechanically inclined. You gotta be able to like fix stuff on the fly and quickly and stuff. Not just with bikes, but like with the cars they mm-hmm. use and stuff like that. Like well, it was there's this so many things that can go wrong.
0: Yeah, and I forget his name. I think he was a French writer, um, but he his oil cap came off his bike like during the race, so he he just didn't have anything to keep his oil in. Mm. He put a coin, like like yeah, uh, yeah a coin over it and use like jp weld and just put it on just top put, and it worked <laughs> so, like, whatever whatever like whatever gets you to the f- like so that's kind of stuff and, yeah. and one of the writers uh from one of the years um this was years ago but he he got in like a shredded tire but he used like duct tape and zip ties to so keep it together to keep it together and just make it to the line and like that, as
1: long as you like make the checkpoints and finish yeah then you can move on to the next stage and stuff and that's uh but like breaking the machine breaking is one thing but the people get the people like, breaking seriously <laughs> hurt like pe- yeah people <laughs> break in this yeah. race like <laughs> there's been multiple times throughout the history of the car like just researching for this episode where you know even some of the most experienced riders that's basically like n- like they weren't able to finish the race mm-hmm. because they either took a bad fall and like broke their arm or broke their leg or something like that and they just they just couldn't finish yeah and, that happens not just to amateurs it happens to like Everybody. the most experienced riders out there. Is, yeah they'll
0: well it happens to people in the, the in cars too like, yeah in the cars and trucks they get injured as well like it's yeah. a it,
1: there is this clip i saw from um i think it was like the highlight from the the, the final stage and i was talking about audi um not a motorcycle <laughs> It was talking about audi yeah. and it's just like this who knows like and it just uh, like they kind of did like a jump on the on the dune, and I'm assuming those cars must be like pretty front heavy because it just went like poof, like I think it head be, yeah. first into like <laughs> into the sand, Man. and you just see it, like just roll on its roof, and I'm like, I mean, you could you could get hurt from that. Yeah, easily. <laughs> There's no airbags in these things. I mean, no. you're wearing a helmet <laughs> and stuff, but like anything can go wrong
0: that's it's it's crazy so
1: (laughs) and then uh just real quick before we kind of jump into the history that there are five categories of vehicles in the dakar rally and that's uh motorbikes our favorite there's quads there's cars lightweight vehicles and trucks so the cars and lightweight vehicles and trucks that kind of have um they kind of like split up a little bit into like almost subcategories so bikes and quads They're pretty much the same across the board. The bikes are limited to 450 cc's and um, I think they look pretty dope. If you are a uh, fan of the uh, Yamaha Tenere, the T7, Mm. and then the Ducati Multistrada, they kind of have like that very rally inspired look with like the very like upright windshield and things like that. A
0: little too powerful to actually be in Dakar. (laughs) Yeah, a little little,
1: little bit, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But then uh, just real quick, I'll go over like the... The non-bikes but they're broken essentially just boils down to the breaking down into categories certain ones they allow they kind of have to be like they allow them to be like basically custom built for the rally yeah and then other ones they have to be also like a production vehicle like
0: factory yeah right?
1: yeah. like it has to be something you can like an average person go buy at a dealership Yeah, but it's just very heavily modified for like racing but a lot yeah. of parts are like consumer parts. Okay. And then they have another like subcategories where it is like, you know, built specifically for the Dakar or for rally racing and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I think after motorcycles my favorite category is the trucks. They're trucks just is awesome. big giant like pic- picture like your like U-Haul box truck. Yeah. Like hauling down the desert like
0: like <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um they're they're big and they're cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like just something like that. I'm just like, okay, that is was that pretty sick. Yeah. Like if I wasn't racing a motorcycle, I wouldn't mind racing that giant thing. And those have a crew of three. Yeah. So there's three of them in there. And the back is actually empty. There's no any, like sport equipment sense. or anything like that. And they do have like special trucks. It's a race vehicle. That so, yeah. Do have like stuff in the back. They're Their like basically vehicles. more mobile workshops. Yeah. But, anyways, yeah, that's kind of like the the breakdown of uh, how the car is set up and how it works. And mad there is men. more motorcycles than anyone else. Excuse <laughs> me, it's. mad
0: men and women is you got to be that's true. ballsy for that. Yeah, that's like, so
1: much. <laughs> absolutely, and
0: I mean props but to just, them.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Like just just watching, just kind of like maybe a little giddy, just because like seeing that just the sheer amount of like effort it probably takes just to get through all that yeah uh all the sand <laughs> all the heat just the grind just so Oops. much of it yeah. um but should we get into history yeah let's yeah. get into the history so the car started in 1970 well it started in 1979 that's kind of like when the official first race kind of like um ended but okay. it started at the beginning of um or on December 26, 1978. So it finished mm. in 1979. Kind of like the last week of that year. So they counted oh, it on I their see. website. They yeah. counted as like 1979 was the first year it was held. Gotcha. Uh, and it was founded by a uh, gentleman named Thierry Sabine. Thierry, I think. I don't know how exactly to exactly say it. I think he was a Frenchman. Thierry. Thierry Sabine. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and he basically got lost in the Libyan desert on the motorcycle he was a motorcycle rider Hmm. so he got lost in the uh, libyan desert during the abidjan nice rally in 1977 Hmm. and he basically just kind of fell in love with the desert he absolutely loved like the idea of being out there kind of like the you know if you kind of picture in your head kind of like the lone rider across the sand dune that's kind of like what sparked the idea so he went ahead and um I wrote here. He was like so amazed by the wonders of what he saw in the desert. He decided to share it with the world, and basically went to organize a rally that goes from Paris to Dakar, I, which is in Senegal.
0: You know what's funny about, about that? Like, I wonder like how many like rally type races, not just bikes, just in general, started because someone got lost. And I was like, you know, that was kind of cool. Yeah.
1: You know, <laughs> honestly, it's probably a good yeah. a good bit of them.
0: <laughs> let's let's monetize this. Yeah, I can make money <laughs> <Yeah>. off
1: this. <laughs> and uh sabine's motto was a challenge uh the the car was basically a challenge to those who go and a dream to those who stay behind Mm. and essentially just kind of like that's the whole like ethos behind like the rally itself is like you know just looking at it i'm like that would be cool to be in that's the dream part yeah those who go like yeah they they face that challenge yeah and so (laughs) on december 26th 1978 the uh, first Dakar Rally took off from Paris. Hmm. Do you know so where it ended?
0: Is it still in
1: Paris? Dakar? It ended in Dakar. Oh, in Dakar. It's, oh, yeah, oh, okay, it's a city gotcha, in yeah. Senegal. Gotcha. And the, no, even the track, and I was, yeah. like, I was just <laughs> oh. like,
0: like, yeah, we're talking about Dakar. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, just, whoosh, flew right <laughs> over my head. But yeah, and I mean, even though right now, even though it hasn't ended in Dakar in a while now, it's still the the name kind of stayed on okay. and. It quickly became a very iconic event. The first rally involved 182 competitors and spanned 6,000 miles or 10,000 kilometers going from Paris to Dakar, Included 80 cars, 90 motorcycles, and 12 trucks. Only 74 vehicles in total were able to finish the race. Like, most of them did not even make it to the finish line. More than half didn't. Yep. Yeah. And uh, there were seven women that competed in the first rally, which I thought was a cool fact, especially like i feel like the further back in time we look into like motorcycling and racing in general yeah like less it's less women it's a very like and i mean it still is in parts but like like seeing like yeah seeing those statistics i'm just like it's it's cool that like it wasn't just like a like a gentleman's club like at least not fully yeah Uh, that's that's cool the race crossed uh obviously france (laughs) <laughs> then Algeria, Niger, Mali, Upper Volta, which I don't think is around anymore, <laughs> and Senegal, which is where it ended. And the first motorcycle winner was uh, Cyril Niveau, uh riding on a Yamaha 500 XT. And the uh, rally proved to be a huge success, and basically, to this day, it's been held every single year, except for one year, and that was in 2008, mm. where they essentially had to cancel it because uh, the French, like, intelligence warned the rally organizers like a high uh terrorist threat in the oh. area specifically like looking to target the rally mm. so in 2008 they decided to cancel the rally and um but that's that was the only time terrorists and, suck yeah and not too long after that they basically moved the rally uh to argentina mm. so that's or sorry no, yeah i mean to south, 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 america, south america. america yeah, yeah. include more than just one country yeah. um <laughs> But, and I mean, that threat was not, or that, uh, that threat was not like, uh, it did, there was a terrorist attack that happened in one of the cities where the route went through like just a few days after the race was supposed to start. So, hmm. yeah. So everyone was kind of relieved that the organizers, I'm sure it was not an easy call to make, but yeah, they had but to make the call and safety is still like, you know, the most important thing. And it's any dangerous like enough without
0: pissed off. Terrorists, yes, Exactly.
1: So. <laughs> So, like I said earlier, but the rally proved to be a huge success, and it quickly spread. And 1981, people from all over the the world basically wanted a chance to race in it. There was uh, people coming up with, like, you know, custom-made cars, like, regular (laughs) cars and stuff like that, basically trying to, like, get into it. Because back then, it was still kind of... Yeah. Loosey goosey. There weren't so many rules around and like,
0: reading about that it reminded me of the movie like The Amazing Race or something. <laughs> like just or just the most remor- random people. Yeah, yeah. Just they're all just like coming together with their goofy contraptions to like yep. to win this like <laughs> crazy big race. Exactly. <laughs>
1: and uh in nineteen eighty one, uh little props to BMW, they took their first win uh in the rally with a bike. So the bike was came out before anyone else, and it was written by Hubert Ar- Ariel uh, Ariel. And, um, uh, yeah, we took the win on a BMW, on a BMW Man. motorcycle. And it was, uh, it was one, it was the, uh, 80 GS. So like the, <laughs> the OG GS yeah. basically with this big boxer boxer twin
0: part of that GS legacy, I guess. Yep, it is
1: part of their <laughs> GS legacy. And I actually like found that bit of information on BMW's website and they mm. have like a whole, <laughs> whole page dedicated to GS. Um, Interesting. and in addition to bikes, there's people at the bu- departure, there was anything from buggies to sidecars four by fours and somebody even brought a rolls royce to try and race across the desert it was just some rich guy anyway, just decided like that's that's some was, fuck you money like, just yeah <laughs> this old rolls royce then in 1982 the number of competitors kept growing to 1982 it had 382 competitors and um uh, and then 1983 the rally for the first time crossed the tenere desert for which if you're a fan of Yamaha. You know, Yamaha mm-hmm. has a few ternary models. That's where the name comes from. It's
0: today, years old when we learned that. Yep,
1: exactly. <laughs> I learned that literally uh, earlier today. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which I thought was pretty cool. And the same race in that same race, over forty competitors lost their way due to a massive sandstorm. <laughs> for, but fortunately, they were able to wow to make it out of the desert safely. That's lucky. So none of them, none of them passed away, but they did get lost for a while. And I think after the storm, if I remember being correctly like they either sent out. A plane or a helicopter trying to, like, kind of guide them yeah. back.
0: Well, I'm sure nowadays they have, like, GPS locators and everything. They do. Everything. I mean,
1: just looking at the clips from, like, this current, like, the car that just ended. There's, they're, like... They're always
0: a phone call away. Yeah, there, yeah. I mean,
1: and there's helicopters flying everywhere. I'm sure there's a billion drones up in the air. Yeah. And with the amount of, like, connectivity we have in the world and kind of, yeah. like... But back then, then, back then, like, yeah, you don't have a cell phone to just go, like, call me. You actually have a radio, probably.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) But, like, that's pretty limited in distance. So it's like. But on a bike, I'm
0: not sure you could really carry, like, a radio that has enough signal. Oh, no, it's
1: 1980s. They might have, uh, like, the big walkie talkies. That's kind of what I'm picturing. But but still, it's not like as. It might not be as easy to get a hold of as it is nowadays, especially with, like, how many, like, drones and aircraft and stuff you can fly, have flying around. All, all all day <laughs> and i feel like this was a much bigger like span i mean like today's rally took place in just one country it was just all in saudi arabia yeah it was long but it was still in one country but this is spanning multiple countries through pretty much all of north africa so wow. that, that kind of adds additional like <laughs> logistical hurdles to try to like find people
0: yeah
1: uh beyond that the rate the rally continued to grow in 1984 uh Derry sabine he decided to uh kind of trace a new route and uh the route went through the ivory coast guinea sierra leone Mauritania, or, uh, or guinea is that what i said yeah guinea guinea yeah or guinea <laughs> sierra leone and Mauritania, uh and number of competitors continued to grow to a whopping 427 people uh and that was also the same year that porch f- sponsored a team so it was like a first kind of like manufacturer sponsored team that was happening. Hmm. Um, it was spot they sponsored Jackie Eeks. eek's I don't know. I C K X. That's <laughs> how you spell his name. i uh, he basically convinced Porsche to like sponsor wow. sponsor him. Imagine having that kind of poll. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna con- like,
0: Let me convince Porsche real let quick. Let me convince
1: Porsche. <laughs> and I mean Porsche does have a pretty solid like Bradley legacy and stuff like yeah. that. Um so that was a cool fun fact. But in 1986, the it was a dark year for Dakar because uh, Thierry Sabine, along with four others, they passed mm. in the they uh, they died in a helicopter crash. Yeah. I was
0: gonna ask if he's like still around because that's no, not that long. Yeah. He could easy, easily could have still been alive. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah wow. Unfortunately, he did pass away in a helicopter crash. Um, I think part of the thing I read, he uh, it was after like a sandstorm. They're trying to like take off to find help, find like people oh. and stuff like that. And there was uh, either the sand, there was something like. Yeah, helicopter ended up crashing uh, along with four others, which included uh, French c- singer Daniel Bellavoin, uh, journalist Nathalie Odent, probably butchering all these names, helicopter pilot Francois Javier uh, Bagnond, and radio tech Jean-Paul Lefour. And uh, after that, Sabine's father Gilbert, uh, or yeah, Gilbert Sabine, and uh, Patrick Verdoy, who was basically was like right-hand man they yeah. kind of took over the reins for for the dakar and keep it uh, going to keep it going even though it was like a dark year that the race still continued on that year but um uh, at the end but there was like a noticeable like everyone's spirits were kind of down because of the of the loss yeah and um at the end of the race their main competitors they made a convoy in order and in, in honor and sabine's honor from bamako to Mali. um yeah, and also in that same year, or in 1987, the next year, uh, Cyril Nau, the first winner of
0: Dakar, hmm. uh motorcycle, he claimed his fifth victory. You know what's funny about that? Like I know I keep interjecting with no, this. don't no, go a, for it. There seems to be like a thing with fives in Dakar. Like a lot of riders have five victories. Uh, yeah, I did notice that you too. Know, There's a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then
1: 1988. They had six hundred and three competitors. That was Man. the second largest one. I think it was 2005, which had like six fourteen 600 something hmm. competitors. but 1988 was the second largest one, which had six hundred and three competitors, including a hundred and eighty three motorcycles. <laughs> Gosh it's crazy like with uh, yeah, it's just just the sheer amount of <laughs> like that's that's just a lot. That's a lot uh, of horsepower. That is a lot of horsepower <laughs> if you combine them all together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, over time, the rally kind of evolved to take place in different locations. In 1989, it moved to include Libya That's as and old part as I of am. it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it included uh, Libya. Uh, th- there was a route traced through Libya. Yeah. But this whole time, it was still going from like Paris to the car, or at least France to the car. They kind of bounce around not just like Paris alone. Uh 1990, uh, there was one woman that entered the race on the motorcycle, and her name was Patricia Sheck. And I thought it was a uh, pretty cool little tidbit because she was the daughter of Hubert Sheck, who was a Dakar racer and champion. So she basically, like, took on that same role, kind of like following her father's footsteps. And she also rode on a BMW R80. Oh, wow. <laughs> so one of the older... Oh, they're like OGGS models.
0: Yeah, there's there's a few of that too. Like if you like look at Dakar history, there's like there's there's a more than a few examples of like Dakar being like a legacy thing for families. Oh yeah, There's yeah. a lot
1: of uh, competitors that like took off, took after like you know if their father was like competing and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, their son kind of like. I think you know, kept going, or daughter in this case, yeah. and stuff. It's it's kind of cool to and, see. In so one of this, the, like
0: the later years, uh, I was researching. There's actually two brothers who competed against each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And there, in the current race, there was also two brothers yeah, I think from it was Spain. The same brothers that, uh, that also competed. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really cool to see. <laughs> uh, in 1991, Harley Davidson <laughs> entered the competition. I haven't heard any, seen anything about them since, but they did uh, the bike. Try. You got to try. try it. The bike was <laughs> ridden by Jean Gaël Sopois. Um, I could not find the type of Harley they used. I'm assuming mm. it was heavily modified because oh it had to have been. been. I mean, they pretty much make cruisers, but I'm just curious to see what kind of engine it might have had. Yeah. Like, but I do Harley. know that's
0: like a sub uh, group in motorcycling. There are there's like small populations, or it's not very common. I've never seen one or met someone who does it, but. There are people who do modify Harleys to be like scramblers. I have,
1: yeah. I do, I have. There's like even a name for them, but I can't remember. I can't remember off the top (laughs) of my head. If you do know it, leave a comment down or send us an email about it. Uh, In 1992, the rally was significantly changed up and this time it didn't go go through, ended the car. It actually went all the way down to Cape Town, South Africa. Mm. A whopping 7,721 miles or 12,000 kilometers through basically all of Africa, which I thought was just insane and then also uh in 1992 hubert ariel if you remember from earlier mm-hmm. he was the first guy to win on a motorcycle in bmw he was the first w- person to claim uh first place in two different classes in the oh, motorcycle wow. and in the car <laughs> and uh that record remained unbeaten until basically like the 90s <laughs> and then hubert Scheck uh marked his first, uh 61st birthday making him or 1994 hubert Scheck marks his sixty first birthday making him the oldest competitor in the car until wow. he was beaten out by um i think I wrote down the name, but someone who was like I like almost in their I want to say like eighties or something like that like really old yeah <laughs> um and the car celebrates its twentieth birthday and b m w comes back to the race this is in nineteen or sorry nineteen ninety five uh Hubert ariel who was one of the original the car racers yeah he becomes the head of the car and like the head organizer and stuff and uh, i think he's still alive to this day yeah and then in 2000 uh oh and then 1999 germany's utah kleinschmidt 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 becomes the first woman in the history of the car to lead in the overall standings that's awesome i thought it was pretty awesome and then in 2000 for the first time the rally went uh west to east Instead of east to west, and it actually ended at the foot of the pyramids in Cairo. Oh, that's cool. Which I thought was a really
0: cool little tidbit. Good way to enter the millennium for Dakar.
1: Yeah. And then, then, yeah, then we're kind of entering the more modern era where Dakar, um, in 2001, they shifted from using like more aerial support kind of like vehicles to having um, uh, like Like support vehicles, support cars, and stuff like that. And also in the same, it was in 2009, the rally moved from Africa for the first time ever to a new continent, and that was South America. Hmm. And it basically did like like a big loop from, it started in Buenos Aires and then ended in Buenos Aires. But it was kind of a cool to just read about like that shift because I'm sure the terrain and everything like that was different. Well, just like the terrain, the climate,
0: um, you know, everything. Like the soil is going to be different. Yeah. Um, For people who have been participating in it for so long, exactly now going into this like i wonder if they like they probably had to do some sort of prep work or like they uh, yeah that's that's nuts yeah I,
1: I just can't imagine like the amount of planning and logistics it takes to mm-hmm. like make all this happen and to like plan the route out and all of that kind of stuff um it was really cool like there was a crowd of over six hundred thousand people in buenos aires like lined up to see to see the race start to Man. see the race off and over like 3 million people like tuned into like Watch it and spectate it like throughout the route. It's just crazy amount of people uh david Freddy Schne Freddy uh proved that's also proved that smaller bikes doesn't ne- that smaller capacity bikes doesn't necessarily mean slower mm, yeah by taking third overall in motorcycles only thirteen minutes behind a 650 cc kTM while well, wow. he was riding on a 450 cc uh, I didn't catch it, the brand, it is the but, rider yeah it has it has a lot to do with the rider, and then we finally kind of get into the more modern era yeah which
0: oh know, yeah. yeah I can take it from here <laughs> from that one yeah so we're in, uh leading on to more recent times in two thousand eleven uh this was the first time that half of the stages had different time sections for bikes, cars, and trucks, so they're actually like kind of more paced out for what your mm. what vehicle you're you're using yeah. from there. So uh you know, again with 2011, it was in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Um this one they're looking at nine thousand six hundred like and five kilometers. It's like almost the, almost six thousand miles basically. Yeah, yeah, which is just it's it's a long distance. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's crazy from there. Um I think one, uh KTM's uh four fifty CC wins uh, eight best times. Uh, for its first, for its first competition. So they, they unveiled this bike or they brought it into this competition. So it's maiden voyage for Dakar (laughs) and it won eight best times. That
1: is insane. And (laughs) it just shows that, I mean, KTM, like it has that off-road pedigree. They, Oh yeah.
0: They know, they know what they're doing. That's (laughs) their bread and butter. (laughs) Really? You know, um, the very next year in 2012, um, it was been the first time uh, since 2006 that they did a point to point race instead of a loop. Okay. So they passed through three countries. They went from Argentina to Chile to Peru. Very cool. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of this arrow there was just like it, it was in um South America. Um and in twenty fourteen, Bolivia becomes the twenty eighth nation to participate. So that's we're stacking was, them. We're stacking yeah. up. <laughs> and It was cool because like
1: in their even in their rules, like on their website today, it says like anyone from any nationality, as long as they're eighteen or years or older, yeah, and have a um FIM like rally license um can participate
0: yeah in in the car which mm-hmm. is uh which is pretty cool it's pretty sweet um yeah so uh, so and i lost my, my yeah so bolivia <laughs> comes in <laughs> so um i know for that year too um the bolivian president attended uh, cuz you know why not it's a big deal you know? <laughs> so um and then one of like their the top performers uh serial dis Disprez? Dispress? Disprez. Yeah. We're so sorry for the name <laughs> pronunciations. <laughs> um but he's a five time winner and he leaves KTM for Yamaha. Wow. Um what was significant in you know, this one, Yamaha had not won a Dakar since nineteen ninety eight. Wow. That's quite um, a long time. Yeah. Um you know, so he, he he was making a change, one reason or another there. Yeah. Um I forgot to write down what he finished in, but he did not win that mm. year okay so, um let's see here and we're just talking about like you know, vehicles that entered versus yeah. finished um one year so 20, in 2015 um 406 vehicles started 216 finished just so crazy i'm kind
1: of curious to see what the stats for this current one is, are gonna, is i know gonna right be. yeah um, it's it,
0: it's 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 crazy and, so. then, <laughs> and then
1: and then 2019 it says
0: uh Mm-hmm.
1: Moved to one country, which is yep. Saudi Arabia, and that's where it's been held uh, it's
0: ever for since In three, f- five years. Yep. So it was, yeah, it was nuts. Um, in 2020, we we talked, we mentioned this at the beginning, uh, in Saudi Arabia, uh, Ricky Brabeck becomes the first American to win uh, the motorcycle Dakar. Yeah. Or I guess first American. For, no, first American to win Dakar. Yeah, in, win in Dakar. General. Yeah. Uh, and he was on a Honda. Ending,
1: <laughs> ending KTM's 18
0: years streak, 18 years. Wow. That yeah. is crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so Honda knows what they're you can't doing. can't win too. them all. But also the rider <laughs> yeah. probably helps out a lot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, and everyone hates the, the year 2020 cause we all, we all have fresh memories of that nightmare. Yep. Um, so in 2021, the nightmare still going COVID, uh, Dakar was one of only a few international competitions in the world, uh, to, go forward yeah during, um kind of easily
1: easy to social distance yourself in the car and a motorcycle right yeah well <laughs> and like
0: with this one too what they did they had basically had like a race bubble uh so it wasn't like cross-contamination with people like participants and things from oh. there so it was very like it was still very um well, more strict than they would have been yeah but they they pulled it off that's so. i mean that's awesome yeah and uh in this year too honda won again <laughs> um and then we have a, that uh, um, Cyril Desprez, and there was a Mike Horn. They they teamed up uh, for a project, um, something that part of the Dakar the was doing, uh, called Dakar Future, and they had planned to enter uh, the twenty twenty three Dakar with a uh, hydrogen electric vehicle. Interesting, not motor- motorcycle, but I did want to put that in there because we've mentioned so many times. Yeah, no, I I, I noticed that a few times, and then also I remember seeing,
1: uh, I think it was in twenty either twenty. 21 or 2022 uh Audi also had their like mm-hmm. um not hydrogen electric but it was a hybrid hybrid. Yeah, it was Isn't a hybrid. Is that what they use this year too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they have used yeah. it this year and it kind of has an interesting exhaust like sound to it.
0: Yeah. Every time you hear it drive by. <laughs> uh not your average Prius. So. No. No, this is a <laughs> whole other level of hybrid. <laughs> yeah. Um so again that was just a little note I wanted to throw in that no, we are I, seeing I like, like that. big events kind of looking into and alternative I think it's yeah. kind of those
1: things that kind of help those like technologies like trickle down to like consumer mm-hmm. level eventually yeah that's where they kind of end up because even like formula one and stuff is like hybrid now too and stuff. So, yeah. not only are they i mean i mean they are being pressured by like emission regulations and things like that but at the same time it also opens up like new routes for new technology to kind of like eke as much power as you can from a vehicle which yeah. i think is pretty cool
0: <laughs> yeah it's nuts from there um yeah uh and then leading into 2023, um, I, I read through 2022 and didn't really see any like major highlights that kind of yeah you know it was just your average extreme yeah Dakar. <laughs> so, uh, but for 2023, uh, Kevin uh, Benavides Benavide, Benavides uh, he took home the bike win with with the KTM. So KTM is back <laughs> uh, with a with win from there. And Kevin actually had to compete against his brother. We mentioned them, uh, Luciano. So, Awesome. Yeah, so again, Dakar, people who, who are into that lifestyle. Who um, Props to you. Yeah. Like props getting, to them. Well, one getting sponsorships, being a good enough rider. Yeah. And then like just going out and enduring all that stuff. Nope. It's crazy.
1: <laughs> one last tidbit I kind of wanted to mention before oh, we yeah. um, wrap up here is the way they're, um, let me find it here real quick. Is because I uh, I had it saved on the on the laptop, but I don't have it saved on the tablet here.
0: <laughs> oh, it was, it was for Dakar.
1: Uh, yeah, it was for Dakar. It's just kind of like a f- fun little tidbit about the. Uh... Huh. On there. Hold on, let me just see if I can find <laughs> the not laptop quick. notes. Yeah. <laughs> might have to cut a
0: couple of things out in this episode that's okay while you're looking that up i can just go ahead and um we we, kind of threw everything at you guys early on like with our affiliate link which again we do appreciate yeah um but then also um fire clay coffee they they've been awesome to us for our little writing group um it's kind of like our when the writing season starts again that's gonna be our yeah if you live in the salt lake
1: if you live in the salt lake area
0: yeah go ahead and look up uh fire clay coffee they're good um did you find it
1: yeah so it was right here and um so basically so there's several levels of competitors that are in oh yeah so there's like amateur levels and stuff which are kind of like people that kind of enter either like privately funded themselves or like a smaller team they enter to kind of like compete but then there's also what they call like the elite <laughs> and those are the ones that have like uh kind of like a almost like a slightly different set of rules because they're either like Big teams sponsored by uh like you
0: know, like Honda like, and, like Hondas and, and like Toyota Red Bull, and, yeah. like
1: Monster Energy, like all the big like racing teams and things like that. Yeah. And then there's also the amateur category, but in order to qualify as like the elite, you have to have competed in a previous like rally race, mm. not necessarily the car, but a rally race, or you had to have placed in a previous the car like um oh. like year, like somewhere. Yeah. You have to like place somewhere and stuff. So there's a lot of different like things, but it's so also not only
0: finished, but you have to place pretty well.
1: Yeah. So you yeah. have to like place somewhere, but you have to actually like be able to finish the race and stuff. Yeah. Um and it's just I, I just thought it was kind of interesting. And also this year they had um uh so they had so and it kind of classifies as well. They also have like the legend category who is basically competitors who have participated in more than 10 editions of the Dakar rally hmm. and there's been some people who have um I th- i'm not gonna go back to my notes there was one person who participated in basically like all 50 like f- up to the 90s he participated in pretty much 15 years worth of Dakar rallies wow and which is just <laughs> insane to me and then they have the rookies who participate in the rallies for the first time and then they also had especially Uh, a special category in the past couple of years called original by Motul, which Mm. Motul, if you're a rider, you probably know they make like oil and like maintenance products and things like that. Um, And these motorbikes and quads who are original by Motul uh, can be recognized thanks to their uh, number on the red background. And compared to most competitors who are accompanied by support crews, the original by Motul Writers they participate in the rally with no support whatsoever, so they decide how to manage their vehicle how to manage their fuel supplies and all of that stuff uh moto basically just provides them with logistical support to get wow. took from place a to place b but that's that's it <laughs> so it's like crazy and they also have a classic category which I thought was interesting oh yeah they race uh cars that were built between the eighteen 1980 and 1990 yeah uh it's kind of like it's its own separate category from the main race but it's kind of race like like that
0: Do you think that old school stuff Do you think they could cool. do anything like that, like with old bikes?
1: I think that'd be really cool to see. If they can kind of expand that to include yeah. bikes, well, is, I think I that'd be mean, really cool. I didn't cool. see
0: anything reading up on it, but there's not really like a rule on like limiting like how old or how new a bike is. It's just on your displacement, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it'd be interesting to like if they and, could like
1: And there's nothing like stopping them from making a um category specifically just for old bikes. So it's yeah. not like, you know maybe you're still like competing, but just in that category versus like in, in the overall yeah. race, which I think well, I how the like, classic is. You know,
0: if you're throwing in all the money and time and, you know, pain and sweat to per- participate in this, like you, you probably want to win Oh yeah, place. Well, you know, so it's like you wouldn't really like want to do all that with like an old bike that's not going to run nearly as well or take, be able to take the same terrain as yeah. the newer bikes. So it'd be kind of cool if they would do the same thing, like where they had like a, like category a separate, for like classic yeah. I think that'd be really cool to Endu- see not ADV enduro bikes and, yeah yeah <laughs> just
1: like they do with the cars I think that'd be really cool It'd to be, see yeah so I,
0: but.
1: I think that's uh that's pretty much it yeah that's our know, the was, car special
0: yeah it was it was something definitely new to both of us yeah um,
1: um, um like I said I wanted to kind of like learn more about like the world of motorcycle racing, like racing mm-hmm. this year and this I feel like this is a pretty good and relevant start because it's considering it just ended and for those of you that are interested um the car's official youtube page has some uh pretty stellar highlights of each of the different stages for this race also motorsports on nbc um their youtube channel has even more extended like uh coverage of each and every event they're like 30 minute long videos like talking about every little every little thing in the event and i think uh if you want to like know more about like how it went this year well, like if you like listen if you listen to us and resources. You're like,
0: like what, what are they so excited about like what like yeah like what are they on about you know it's like go, you go, go, go watch, the watch the videos go watch the videos it's, it's crazy, it's crazy. Yeah. like absolutely insane
1: <laughs> but anyways yeah i was really excited to talk about this topic so thanks for letting me uh no yeah talk your ear I, off about <laughs> the car and probably one of the probably one of the most famous races uh off-road races in the world yeah um and yeah it was just really cool to learn about it learn about how not only like the history of it but also like how it's set up how it works mm-hmm. because i feel like every time i'm watching i see like okay it's stage one stage two like but what is what does all of that well, actually, like, actually entail yeah you know?
0: and what's been really good like for me like, going to the history of it so it's like one thing i, I remember like Gex, yeah, i saw like itchy boots like where she yeah. did that she participated in like a rally and just the guys she was riding with, like the level of like technical skill they have and know-how. Yeah. Like that was impressive enough as it was. It
1: there was that guy like on Instagram, I can't remember his Asphalt and Beyond mm-hmm. on Instagram. And he had like basically a decked out Triumph Tiger, Tiger 900. Yeah, was, like, he was
0: in a Baja, wasn't he? Yeah. He yeah.
1: was in He's was in the same rally as Itchy Boots. Oh yeah. 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 And one of our friends actually met him. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Will, he's met him before. And uh, uh, apparently he's a super nice guy, but he had basically like a, triumph tiger that he strictly stripped. Like, stripped and put like a bunch of custom parts on it to make it more <laughs> rally ready and like following that on instagram i was just like okay that's it, some cool shit yeah. right there
0: <laughs> but just seeing that and then you actually see it in in action so this is my first car that i've watched yeah like same uh, like or followed along with mm-hmm. so just like being able to see it in action it, it it's uh it's pretty insane. It's hard to describe, so go yeah, watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the best are participating, I believe, yep. cuz you have to be to even just get in there. Yeah. So. But
1: anyways, that's our that's our Dakar special that can I guess concludes the episode. I think so. Yeah. Whew, that was a lot. That was a long one for second episode of the year. <laughs> was it? Yeah, it was over an hour. Oh, well. So, hope you're you guys welcome, enjoyed. Everyone. Yeah. yeah. It's been you an it, hour one in a while, it yeah. seems like. And if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm. And I remember, Feel free to email us at (laughs) tdtmoires.com and all the other stuff we
0: mentioned at the start. Yeah. But anyways, anything else you add? That's all I really have. I'm just really looking forward to getting back on my own bike.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: And watching the the car makes me want to ride even more and get better at
1: riding (laughs) off-road. Yeah.
0: Maybe if enough people use our affiliate link, we can ride Rolls, Rolls Royces in the desert sand. (laughs) or more
1: realistically maybe we can buy ourselves some off-road lessons
0: yeah we'll start there we'll start there awesome see you guys thank you guys so much for listening we'll
1: see you next time (laughs) goodbye